The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron Podcasting Network. And I am coming to you immediately after a Thanksgiving Day victory where the Chicago Bears took a 16-14 last-second field goal away from the Motown Detroit Lions to earn their fourth win of the season, snap a five-game losing streak, and, you know, I'd love to say get the Bears' season back on track, but as I'm sure we all know, with Arizona and Green Bay looming over our shoulder next week, there is not a ton of hope here left in the Bears season, but I'm not here for doom and gloom. The Bears won for the first time in what feels like ages. They had a 300-yard passer in Andy Dalton who was efficient, fairly effective with the football, even though it ultimately only resulted in about 16 points. It felt as if the offense was consistently moving, though the running attack suffered for it. One thing that was hilarious about recent reports of firing and watching Dalton on this specific game was seeing the Bears run past balance just explode in favor of the forward pass. At the end of the half, they had 26 called passes to eight called runs. And here at the end of the game, Dalton ends up with a stat line of 24 for 39, 317 yards, a touchdown and interception, while David Montgomery with 17 carries and 46 yards, Dalton with six, Khalil Herbert with four, Mooney with one, and Jakeem Grant with one. You can obviously tell the Bears came into this where if it was going to be Matt Nagy's final game in Chicago, he was going to go about it his way. And he did. And hey, it resulted in a Bears win. Nothing to be too upset about here. A lot to be thankful for as the Bears season again goes in the positive direction for the first time in quite a while. But At the end of the day, I think it's fair to say that between my mind, between your mind, chances are nothing really changed. I mean, this was a Bears game that was, I thought it was fun. I mean, I hope you thought it was fun. It was two not-so-great football teams squaring off in the way that only two not-so-great football teams can, with the game immediately starting with the Lions fumbling right there on their first drive of the of the game, the ball sticking in bounds for some reason, a bear to Sean Gibson, stepping out of bounds, picking it up, and it ended up ruled an ineligible recovery, therefore the Lions ball, as Artie Burns, the backup corner for Kendall Vildor, who... Look, we could talk about that another time, but Artie Burns replaced him and gets burned immediately on a long uh, Josh Reynolds touchdown. Now, 
Did Vildor need to be benched? I mean, from the classical sense, sure, because he certainly wasn't playing well. It was a little curious to me to see the coaching staff make a decision so in the current team's future or the current team's mindset that Artie Burns, who I don't believe is under contract next year, is not somebody that the Bears necessarily be, need to be thinking about for the future. But Vildor was on the bench all the same, and it didn't start well. But the Bears, after a little bit of time, clawed their way back into it, ended the half winning, ended the game on top. It was quite the dance in Motown this was. A turkey day. I know I spent it with my family. Hopefully you did too, and I will continue to do so right after recording this podcast. But again, I really feel like this is the strangest post-game podcast I've ever recorded in my life because there's not a ton to say about this game. The Bears' future quarterback, Justin Fields, did not play in this, so we got to see Andy Dalton. We saw him operate what felt like a much more diverse passing attack than what we've seen with Justin Fields. They even called a screen pass, which we haven't seen in quite some time. That gained like six yards. Nice throw to Jimmy Graham on the touchdown. A beautiful play by the Lions' corner to pick off a a Dalton end zone pass that ended up obviously intercepted. But outside of that, not too much of no as Dalton tossed the ball long and short, made some plays down the field, threw some balls that were three yards past the line of scrimmage, you know, Andy Dalton things, and generally game-managed his way to a 16-point offensive output and a game win. So excited. I mean, hey, it was a fun football game, nice way to kick off Thanksgiving, and Bears end up winning a game that uh, there will probably be a bit more to take away from it down the road but sitting here immediately after the game certainly I don't think it changes anything if anything it probably just delays the inevitable because Matt Nagy comes out of what would have been an extremely embarrassing sixth loss of the season and obviously the only win on the Lions record which would not be one to be remembered but he ends up being yet another win over the Lions who now fall to 0-10-1 and we'll see how they end up And he moves on to a tough, tough slate against Arizona and Green Bay in Lambeau. If he can come out of those two games with a win, maybe his fortunes will change. But suffice to say, I think Nagy and the rest of this Bears organization are really on their last legs the way things stand right now. And it's just a matter of time before things fall apart. Now, we did see some reports around the mid uh, the mid area of this game. Can't quite remember exactly when they were suggesting that Justin Fields may be right back on the field. So I won't be surprised to see JF1 take the field against Arizona, which I wish him the best. That'll be, <laughs> of course, he would miss the Lions game and come just back in time to play the, at the, at the moment of speaking, 9-2 and two Arizona Cardinals and the division-leading Green Bay Packers. Of course, that would be how it works. But nonetheless, he will. Some starter or some players that I thought performed at least better than I think I was anticipating they would. Darnell Mooney looked like a very good option. He... He had over 120 yards on five catches, again, not unlike he did last week, but he only did it on eight targets this time, so much more efficient in how he operated within the offense. We saw Cole Kmet haul in another 60 yards. Jimmy Graham obviously caught a touchdown. I thought the line was solid overall, but... I'll need to go back and rewatch, especially when you're watching with family. You don't get quite as much detail as when you're watching by yourself. But 
the offense looked more managed or better managed overall. I thought there were some goof ups, whether it's weird timeout calls, unusual decisions. The Bears went with a wildcat with like four running backs in the or four running backs and or H backs in the backfield, including Montgomery, that only ended up with a dive for Montgomery that picked up four yards. So certainly some continued quirkiness from Chicago, but a, you know, a decent game overall. Defensively speaking, Roquan Smith left the game early, so chalk that up as another Bears defender, major Bears defender, joining Khalil Mack. Eddie Jackson missed some time. Now Roquan Smith is out that seems to potentially be missing some time. We'll have to evaluate what that injury looks like at a later date. But other than that, I mean, the Lions had another funny day because Jared Goff ended the day with a surprisingly efficient completion percentage, 21 for 25, but only 171 yards on two touchdowns. The running game wasn't too much stronger. 15 carries for 65 yards, a 4.3 average from Jamal Williams. But overall, it felt like the Lions offense kept getting in their own way, taking multiple penalties that helped the Bears out. Robert Quinn had a huge sack and fumble where he was getting held he then forced the fumble collected his 11th sack of the season and watch out bears fans he might be challenging for richard dent's 17.5 sack season now that he's got 17 games to do it here in game 11 he is at 11 sacks but this was a surprisingly ho-hum game at the end of the day i mean We knew two bad teams were coming in to play each other. Jared Goff puts up under 200 yards. That's the first time that's been done since Aaron Rodgers did it four weeks ago against this Chicago Bears defense in a 24-14 to win over Chicago. So maybe there's some truth to the idea that Eddie Jackson's keeping a lid on things. Certainly it's, it it could easily be just Jared Goff and the lions. I don't want to draw too many conclusions on a Thanksgiving day right after the game, but This is definitely Jackson's impact on the defense is one that I know I want to evaluate personally because whether Jackson is going to be the crown jewel of a Bears defense going forward, like a future Bears defense 2022, 2023, 2024, or not, needs to be answered as soon as possible. I would love to say the same about Roquan Smith. I thought he had a great game against Baltimore. But either way, a lot of Bears football we've now watched in the last five days and From here, it'll be time for the organization to answer questions. I mean, whether it's answering questions with a Lions win that was anything but dominant, to say the least. I mean, hey, look, the Bears aren't the first team to play the Lions close this year. Certainly Baltimore did it. Obviously, Pittsburgh tied the Lions. I mean, the Bears are not in a class of their own that it took some extra effort to get out of Motown on the right side of the column. But... We will need to see, given what's swirling over Nagy's head right now, the reports that have come out around his firing. I'm sure, Bears fan, anybody listening to this podcast, you have been inundated with conversations exactly like these. The Bears walk into Motown without Khalil Mack, without Akeem Hicks, without Allen Robinson, and end up with, oh, and without Justin Fields, of course, and they end up getting the win that they wanted anyways. There will be more analysis later down the road. Angelo Blackson seemed like he put together another solid game from what I could tell on first viewing. But as far as breakdowns, as far as meaning for the rest of the season, this is a much less important game than literally any other game of the season so far, purely because the Bears needed 
to win a game against either San Francisco, Pittsburgh, or Baltimore without Lamar Jackson to stay in the playoff race. And at this point, if they're going to end up in the playoffs, they've got to pull off some magic against whether it's Arizona or Green Bay or both. Either way, this will be probably where we end this Thanksgiving show. Short one, of course, but we've got a lot to be thankful for today, and I'm sure you've got a lot of people to be thankful with. So be on the lookout for Baron Balanced, probably coming up Monday. I'll need to check back up with Lester and Jeff. Chances are I may rewatch the game and jump in on that one too so that we can get some real solid post-game talk going. But make sure you're checking or keeping an eye out for Bears banter, for Bears over beers in their preview game coming up against Arizona. You can check out my own show as we'll be streaming next Wednesday, talking through the Bears game against the Lions in detail from a schematic standpoint. What went well? Who played well? What happened on a down-to-down basis? Was Andy Dalton's 317-yard performance as visually impressive as the statistics looked? And what should we be expecting from Justin Fields in? In his return does this equip Matt Nagy I don't personally think so certainly I think the things that have plagued his tenure continue to show up not only in this game but maybe more importantly they've already shown up enough throughout the season that I think everybody's vilified feelings towards him are more than valid it's just a matter at this point of taking the time to let things play out. George McCaskey and the rest of the Bears organization are almost assuredly not going to be firing Matt Nagy anytime soon, at least not within the next couple of days. Like, let's be clear about what anytime soon means. I don't think he's getting his walking papers on Friday. I don't think he'll be getting his walking papers even after a loss to Arizona, but you lose to the Packers in Lambeau, and the McCaskies seem to take that personally, that may be the moment that to take advantage of the new rule where they can interview head coaches in week 16 and 17 that we see Nagy get his exit. Until then, we are truly just remaining patient Bears fans that are watching young players like Darnell Mooney. I thought Cole Kmet had a solid, if unspectacular, game. The people that end up talking as much as they do about how Cole Komet is a terrible pick, I feel like are starting to take things out of bounds. He looks, at least in my own estimation, like a pretty standard tight end. I don't think he looks special the way that, say, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey do. But at the same time, he's a young player, and you never know. But right now, he is, quote-unquote, busting his way to a 500, 600-yard reset, or like 600-yard season, and I don't think that's anything to sneeze at. So whether that's Kyle Rudolph to you, whether that's Desmond Clark for some of the, I wouldn't call them older Bears fans, but that's certainly the tight end that I grew up with. Cole Kmet seems like he will be a tight end that whether he's in Chicago for a very long time, who knows, but at least over the next two years, will be a viable receiving option, especially in a receiving room where Darnell Mooney might be the wide receiver one. Is that a good idea? A truly, we will see. But this was a game to finally just finish out this podcast that I think left, I don't think it left meat on the bone. It truly was what we expected it to be, which might be the third time I said that. But really, this was an 0-9-1 team playing a 3-7 and team looking to get right. It came down to the wire for a reason. Neither of these teams are particularly good. Andy Dalton threw a very Hoyer-esque 300 yards and route to 13 points until the very last moment of the game where the Bears 
fine or like they took three kneels so they had it under control but 16 points is nothing to pat yourself on the back for especially when you're facing a very very poor lions defense but that's getting into the hardcore nitty-gritty of it the at the end of the day i am thankful that the bears won their fourth game of the season hopefully they can pick up two maybe three more wins throughout the year i don't know who they'll come against because this team does seem like it could on any given week lose two well now that the lines are out of the way just about anybody else left on the schedule but even so it's been fun following the bears We'll continue to see them grow throughout the next couple of games. I'm very, very curious to to continue measuring Eddie Jackson's impact on this defense. And until next time, Bears fan, keep an eye out for the other podcasts that will be on the network. And Bear Down, thanks so much for bearing with me. 